Welcome to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we hear from members of the Winnipeg Jets, their reaction to the powerful Kyle Beach interview from earlier this week as he opened his heart on national television. We'll also hear from the head coach of the Winnipeg Westman women's volleyball team beginning their season this weekend against Regina. That's all on the podcast. We begin as we've begun for... Most of this week with the continued fallout of the Chicago Blackhawks mishandling of sexual abuse allegations. Today, Joel Quenville, head coach of the Florida Panthers, met with NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman. What is the result of this meeting? Well, at the moment, nothing. We don't know. Nothing's been said so far. And according to Emily Kaplan of ESPN, no decisions were made today. The Panthers are in Detroit tomorrow, and as of now, it's unclear if Quenville will be behind the bench. Quenville was not alone in this meeting. He was there with Bill Zito, GM of the Panthers, as well as team president Matt Caldwell. And that's really all we know about that meeting right now. Which brings us to the next meeting that Gary Bettman has scheduled. That is with Winnipeg Jets general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff. Originally, this meeting was supposed to be on Monday. But at the team's request, the meeting is now tomorrow morning in New York City. Kevin Sheveldayoff's going there. Mark Chipman as well for this meeting with the commissioner. The team did not want to wait until next week because, well, can you blame them? Do they want to let this wait three more days even from anything of just a public relations standpoint this is something that makes sense to have this meeting sooner rather than later and so that is what is going to happen tomorrow for Kevin Chevel day off beyond that we're not sure what will happen we'll stay tuned but in this first segment I want to focus on what we heard from the Winnipeg Jets today that was not involving the, the game tonight. It's involving Kyle Beach and his courageous interview last night with Rick Westhead of TSN. Going on the record for 26 raw minutes on national television, emptying his heart. And what that was like to, to view that as someone involved in the National Hockey League. Here is Winnipeg Jets head coach Paul Maurice and his feelings watching what he saw last night. I don't think that you have to have children um, to be shook by that. But if you do, I mean, it, it just, um, just the pain of it. And, and for, it, I, I, you certainly, if you think of Cal, I think of the family, right? How would you feel if that was your child? And then there, and I don't know that I have words after. It's 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 tragic. The event happened, just just tragic. And then you hope and pray that this is the right step forward for him to heal, to have not a meaningful life. That's not the right word because he has a meaningful life. But to 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 be able to to maybe champion this or to make it feel like a positive driver in his life where clearly it would be such a negative driver in anybody's life that you could get some ways harness it and 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 I, th- I think I felt that in, in his words that, that that's the direction it's going so that there's healing and growth and, and that he can 
have more good days, if that makes any sense. Have more positive days. And that's what you would want for your kids. You would just want... You would just want that never to have happened. And if it did, you would want them to have a better day tomorrow than they had yesterday. It was chilling. This audio, by the way, courtesy of Jets TV, he was asked if he has any advice for players regarding this interview. I think the players should watch that. And... I feel more strongly about it uh, having watched it, right? It, it was, it's impactful, right? There's a real value in that. Not, not only should players watch it, kids should watch it with, with their parents. I, 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 think, I think it's that strong. I really do. And I feel that the players now are more powerful, is not the right word, but more sovereign in so many ways that they're not hold to the team for a livelihood in so many ways. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I do feel that strength in the room and as individuals and I think and a, that interview will actually make them even stronger and more importantly for each other. Right? That support in the room is where it all it all starts. So that's an important video and and, um, and everybody should watch it. Josh Morrissey asked for his response to the interview today. Yeah, I, I took the time to watch the, the interview yesterday. Um, I recommend uh, everyone takes the time to watch the interview. Um, I mean, it's just it's a tragedy, and uh, you know, I just feel horrible for, for him and um, what he went through, and you know what he went through is unacceptable, and nobody should have to deal with that. And, um, but I, I really recommend, you know, if you haven't seen it, you should go watch it. He also talked about the shifting culture, in his view, in NHL dressing rooms. You know, in my experience, I, I wasn't in the league, obviously, uh, when the incident took place. Um, but I think, you know, it, it's situations, it's it's players speaking out like Kyle and um, like players have in the past, um, you know, that, that creates change and it, it forces change and, um, you know, forces conversation. And as I said, my experience... You know, I, I'm very grateful that my experience has been nothing but extremely positive and one of, you know, I've always felt respected and, and treated well. And I think, um, you know, that a large part of that can be attributed to, you know, players in the past, uh, you know, speaking up and, and um, you know, talking about, you know, the most, you know, difficult circumstances that, like I said, it creates change for, for the next generation, the next players. Adam Lowry also spoke today on the impact the scandal and the interview will have on dressing rooms. I don't want to speculate necessarily on, on other teams and, and things like that. I think, you know, I've been with the Jets organization my whole career and, you know, they, they kind of foster that belief that, you know, we're inclusive, that, that culture of accountability, that, you know, we're not going to stand for, for things like this. And I think, you know, every year, you know, you come into the room and, you know, it's mentioned at the training camp dinner, you know, it's mentioned kind of throughout that, you know, it, it's important that, you know, everyone coming to the rink every day feels like they're a part of this team, feels like they could be who they are. And, you know, we, we've talked about it even today, just, you know, beforehand that, you know, if there's any situations where, you know, you don't feel comfortable, whether you want to go to a teammate, whether you, know, you want to go to a coach, whether you want to go to someone in management, that, you know, we have these places and things that have been put in place, you know, in order to deal with situations, whether, you know, it's mental health issues, whether it's, you know, sexual 
you know, misconduct issues, whether it's uh, you know, drug abuse, you know, th things like that. That um, you know, so speaking, you know, of being part of the Winnipeg Jets organization, I think you know, I feel pretty fortunate to be in a place where I feel comfortable, and hopefully, my teammates feel the same way. And some will look at that and say, okay, well, yes, the the Jets view themselves as that pillar of the community. How can they say that and also? have somebody employed that was part of the Blackhawks in, in 2010. And that is what Kevin Dayoff will be talking to Gary Bettman about tomorrow morning and what role he had in the mishandling. 107-page report detailing what the Blackhawks did wrong. And what we also heard from Kyle Beach yesterday was that from his point of view, the NHLPA let him down. Brendan Gallagher today, rep from the Montreal Canadiens, agreed that the NHLPA let him down. And Adam Lowry, as the Jets player rep, was asked for his reaction to Beach's criticism of NHLPA Executive Director Donald Fair. This statement came out last night. Like I, I haven't heard anything. If you know, if there's going to be changes, you know, speaking from my time in the league, it, you know, it kind of happened after this incident occurred and you know they, every year they, they make available you know the, the hockey docs who we have presentations on you know different things workplace inclusivity um you know domestic violence and things of that nature and you know I, in my time in the league and my time dealing with PA you know I've always felt comfortable that if I had an issue um you know I could go to them and you know it would be dealt with confidentially and and things like that so um you know, I, I'm not sure if there's going to be changes or, or if things like that, but I, you know, I, I don't think it's it's fair for me to speculate either way. So that is what we heard today from the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club. Yes, the statement from Donald Fair said, in part, quote, he is referencing one of the do program doctors with the NHL NHLPA player assistance program. While this program is confidential between players and the doctors, the grave nature of this incident should have resulted in further action on our part. The fact that it did not was a serious failure. I am truly sorry, and I am committed to making changes to ensure it does not happen again. And there was also in the report published a couple of days ago, some remembering that Fair was informed in 2010 and 2011 about Aldrich's alleged assault of John Doe 1 and also Aldrich texting an illicit picture to another Hawks player. But according to this report, Fair evidently did nothing or very little and then denied recollection of that in subsequent interviews. As we get into our weekly check-in with Westman Athletics and both volleyball teams begin their Seasons tomorrow night at the Duckworth Center with a matchup with Regina. Doubleheader tomorrow and Saturday, both the men's and women's teams. We'll focus on the women's team tonight, though. And Phil Hudson, the head coach of the team, and his first full season as coach. He was interim coach in 2019-20, and he joins us now on the show. Phil, thanks for doing this. We're less than 24 hours from the start of your season. We'll start with this. How has it felt to get back to something resembling normal? Oh, it's great. The kids are... Really excited. It's been 19 months, actually, since we played a, a match that had really some type of meaning. Uh, preseason is one thing, and uh, but to get actually a chance to play a league match, uh, Canada West is uh, is pretty exciting for everybody that's involved in the program. 
So what did you think of the, the preseason schedule? You played in a, a tournament, the Regina Invitational, uh, last month. Uh, what? How did that go? And in the month since, what have you been working on to try to get ready for the season? Well, it was we have a fairly young team, so it's been a very steep learning curve. So we took uh, 18 players out to Regina. Um, 60% of our uh, roster is uh, kids who have never played a youth sports match before. So it's been, like I said before, it's been a steep learning curve. Uh, getting a chance to go to Regina and see some other youth sports teams uh, was great. Getting a chance to, to play against some good competition was really valuable for the team. And since we've been playing some colleges here, we played Brandon in Manitoba since we got back from Regina. So we've been trying to play one or two matches every week and then as well as practice four times just to try and get ready for the opening of the season. So it's been uh, it's been great. The kids have really uh, put a lot of effort into the into their learning and the, the systems and the skill development and stuff's been uh, been great. So the focus of the athletes has been tremendous so far. So we really look forward to the opportunity to play Regina this weekend and sort of test ourselves against uh, a good team. Uh, they're a bit bigger than we are. They're quite a bit taller than we are. So we're going to have to uh, just really depend on our volleyball skills and a uh, little bit of uh tactics and stuff to give them a good go so we're looking forward to the challenge you mentioned how young your roster is this is one of the byproducts of almost two years between seasons really there's going to be a lot of roster turnover we see it in in other sports as well do you feel like that's going to be part of the story for every team in canada west play this year yeah i think the majority of the teams have a couple things they have a lot of new players and they have larger rosters uh, because it's sort of been a double recruiting year so you didn't want to try and miss out on some good players, so you've added them in in the second year as well. So there's quite a few uh, new players on every team, and it was very evident when we played the preseason games that uh, there was a lot of kids that we hadn't seen before on the university team. So it's uh, it's going to be a big learning curve for everybody and uh, for all the teams, and it should be a pretty competitive uh, league in all the three different uh, districts across uh, Canada West this year. Now, you were named full-time coach. You, you were interim coach in the season prior to the shutdown, but you were named full-time coach in March of 2020. Did you have any idea when that happened what your next 19 months would look like? <laughs> no. I don't think anybody in the whole sporting world or any, any, any part of Winnipeg or Manitoba had an idea what was going to be uh, coming over the last 19 months, eh? but uh it's been a challenge and stuff for sure. Um, and uh, we just sort of, uh, during the, the season that was uh, lost, we had maybe two sessions of seven to eight weeks of training at different times in, in the fall and then in the, in the winter and spring and stuff when things opened up a little bit. But it was a lot of individual training in small groups, so it was really hard to get any type of uh, progress made within a group and stuff. Eh? So... But, you know, you just sort of uh, go with the flow and everybody's in the same boat and you just try and do the best you can and did a lot of uh, virtual meetings with the team and stuff over the over the winter when we weren't able to meet in person and stuff. Eh? And did a lot of activities online just to try and keep the uh, kids uh, uh, feeling part of the program and stuff. So, How did that affect recruiting? Well, it was really challenging because... Uh, 
we didn't get a chance to like the grade 12 year of graduating this last June. We didn't get a chance to see them play at all. We saw a little bit in the, in the fall, but not very much. And, uh, so it was basically uh, going, talking to other coaches and seeing what's going on, looking at their grade 11 videos, um, uh, meeting online with them, and then trying to do the best you, you could about trying to decide on who you'd like to join the program. So it definitely was a challenge. For you, you coached a lot of high school volleyball in your career and made the jump to the university level not too long ago. Why did you want to make that jump? Well, I think you're when you're a fairly competitive person and you're involved in, in, in coaching, you want to try and take the challenge of moving to the next level all the time. And one of my goals all along was to try and get an opportunity to coach at university. And when I was asked to do an interim, uh, it was a really great experience, really enjoyed it. Uh, the team had some success and thought that I would be interested in moving forward uh, permanently you know, permanent as a permanent coach, and it worked out that I got the job, and uh, really happy for it, really enjoying it. Um, even though I'm retired from teaching, it's uh, I'm not retired from your passion, and when you're retired, you're supposed to do something you really enjoy, and this is one thing I, I love to do. I always have, and I find a lot of pleasure and, and uh, you know, enjoyment in working with uh, with young athletes and stuff, so it's uh, it's been great. When did you get hooked on volleyball initially? Oh, actually, in junior high, I had a coach named Bruce Rand who was a, a, a great mentor for me and got me involved in, uh, in the sport playing and stuff and then uh, had the opportunity to go to the University of Manitoba and, and play uh, with the Bisons. And while I was in education, it just sort of fell into place that uh, you wanted to try and put back into the school that you're working at and uh, – had the opportunity to coach at West Coal and Collegiate and at Dakota Collegiate for a long time and really enjoyed it and uh, saw the great value that sport offers the young people of our, our community. And uh, it just was became part of uh, your life and uh, as a physical education teacher, and it just was evolved over there, and I've never stopped since. So it's it's been a great part of my life, something I really enjoyed and uh, still do. So there's no issue with feeling like a traitor or anything working for the Westman now? <laughs> no, it's all good, yeah. I think uh, I think when you're an athlete, you have those uh, those lines drawn in the sand that you're a bison, you're a Westman, you're a bobcat and stuff. But then when you, as you get older, you, you sort of have a little different outlook on things and um, you just want to try and put uh, something back into the volleyball community that uh, – has given me so much and stuff. So it's it's been great. So the last season we had for, well, sports in Canada West, your team was 9-15, and 15, which is the first nine-win season for the Westman since 2012-13 and the first playoff appearance since the season before that. Is it tough to carry over that momentum considering it's been so long since y'all played a game? Yeah, I think it's it's challenging and stuff. A lot of the kids that are new don't have an idea what it was like when we were training and going through that process of trying to make the playoffs for for that season. And but most of the kids that are uh, are returning and stuff that are still with us, you know, still have that feeling of what we did. But definitely the the extra year off definitely had lost uh, some momentum. I think we had sort of gathered up and stuff and. Uh, 
we're just looking to start the season on a good note and trying to play as best we can. And uh, if we keep doing that, the wins and losses will take care of itself. And it's an interesting year because it's just in Saskatchewan and Manitoba for our league this year. And uh, then Alberta has their league and then also BC has a league. So once we get through, we get a chance to play each team a number of times in the, in the season and then everybody will get together for the playoffs. So we're trying to build momentum to get, hopefully make the playoffs in our zone and then work towards uh, getting prepared for uh, the actual full Canada West playoffs later on in February. Well, Phil, I appreciate your time today. Thanks for chatting with me and best of luck this season. Thanks very much, Christian. Take care. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m., of course, that is when the Jets are not playing, because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell, until we meet again. So long and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to